Welcome to In the Clubhouse, a podcast dedicated to Washington Nationals and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Richard. For this episode, I interviewed Lacey Lusk, who is the National Washington Nationals reporter for Baseball America. During this episode, we talked all about Washington National prospects. So let's go into the clubhouse. Welcome, Lacey, to In the Clubhouse. Happy to have you on the podcast. Yeah, good to be here, Richard. Thanks for inviting me. Not a problem. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how and when you start covering the Washington Nationals for Baseball America. Sure, right from uh, day one, I've been the uh, um, court Nationals correspondent for Baseball America magazine. Um, I've worked at the actual location in Durham, North Carolina from 97 to 2001, was the minor league editor, uh, and then moved up here. Uh, my wife was, we had dated long distance, so moved up uh, to Northern Virginia, uh, got to cover uh, some Carolina League stuff for Baseball America, and then right as they were kind of going away from doing it league by league anyway, uh, just luck, luck had it that Montreal moved to uh, Washington, and uh, I was right there, ready to be the uh, correspondent for the minor leagues. So I've sent them reports on uh, Nationals minor leaguers ever since uh, 2005. Awesome. So you've definitely seen a lot of great prospects come through the ranks. Um, who are some of the, who are the ones that really, you know, stick out to you that you're like, oh, wow, this one is going to like hit. I know it. And like they did. Um, yeah. So what do you, like, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, we've all been blessed to have, uh, you know, just the Meteors, the Strasburg and the Harper, uh, who were kind of their own uh, entities, just the way they were covered. Uh, you know, you had to make special requests. There were many people at one time talking to them, and pretty much everybody else is under an umbrella where you just, you know, you get to talk one-on-one -on -one whenever you ask for. Um, Anthony Rendon, of course, special first-round pick, but he was injured uh, and uh didn't get to play a lot in a ball. And then suddenly once he got healthy, he became what everyone expected him uh, to be and what he had been at Rice. And then you also look at, uh, you know, Juan Soto, who um, as high as Baseball America had him, he was, I think, the number three prospect in the organization uh, before the, his breakout year. And that was because he also had battled injuries, um, but still at such a young age. So it was just the way he tore through uh, – a double, low A, double A, uh, high A, double A is probably the thing I remember the most. And uh, I tried to set up an interview with him in Hagerstown. You know, then he got called up to Potomac too quickly for me to get there. And then, lucky enough, got him on the field at Potomac. Just uh, you know, very impressed uh, talking to him. How he learned English, uh, didn't even need anyone to help him uh, with the interview. Just a, a pleasure to talk to. And then. The one game I saw him play for the Peanuts, of course, he just belted a home run to right field, just crushed it. I uh, was lucky enough to see that in his few at-bats there before he went up to double-A. And then uh, injuries 
in Washington forced him right to the big leagues, and uh, you know he may be the best hitter in the game right now. Yeah, he's definitely one of my uh, top favorite nationals. I hope that I hope Rizzo and company uh, sign him and make him an axe for life. Um, let's talk a little bit about the current state of the you know Washington National prospects. Um, like, where do you see the strengths, and like, where do you see some weaknesses that need to be you know improved? Yeah, the uh, the strengths are in the pitching and and some lower level uh, international prospects. Uh, that's where most of the strengths are. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my family's coming in right now and the dog is barking. So you're probably going to take a break here for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you know, they've been at the bottom before uh, in 2005 when they started out and had just maybe uh, eight employees in the whole organization, uh, hardly any scouts, you know. Um, this is a far different story where they have, uh, the same people who built up the system and then um, enabled them to make the deals to become a, a World Series champion are um, building it back up again. And uh, you saw they had Eddie Yeen and Will Crow ready to roll, and uh, that got them Josh Bell, a big power hitter they need at corner infield. Um, and then there's, they still, I mean, uh, it sure looks like they're going to hold on to Cavalli and Rutledge, but beyond them, um, they have several other pitching prospects that could um, help them or other teams in the future. And um, they're also excited about um, the international guys they have um, that they got to look at in instructional league. How does, how does like a team like the national ba- nationals like balance that signing international league players with, you know, drafting right or trading for pieces like, what are some of those um, things that you've noticed? Yeah, there was, um, we mentioned Rendon kind of back when they signed him, they had uh, the ability to spin more. Um, that uh, has kind of gone by the wayside a little bit as Major League Baseball has uh, clamped down on how much you can spend both uh, through the draft and internationally. Um, but they do go out and, um, and when, when it's right, we'll uh, pick their, pick their spots. And um, like this cruise kid, they picked up uh, from the Dominican this off season who, who will uh, go way up the system rankings. I'm sure as soon as we uh, get, get a look at them this year. Mm-hmm. Are you looking forward, like, are you looking forward to going back on the field and like, what are some, what were some of the challenges in 2020, you know, obviously with COVID kind of like focusing in on like scouting and making your rankings. Yeah, very challenging year for prospect uh, rankers. Uh, just a lot of phone calls, talking to people within the organization, um, a couple scouts outside the system uh, who had seen some video on the guys in Fred- from the alternate side in Fredericksburg. Um, so that helps some, but, you know, if you don't see with your own eyes and even – uh, you know, just how much do you trust? Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys have injury history or uh, particularly young or where even in this year's draft, like um, there's not a whole lot to go on. Um, so you kind of have to just having done it for years, get a feel for what you believe and, and where you just kind of have to keep guys until you see it one way or the other. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to get back on the field. It was really uh kind of exciting to see where the where they would end up with all their minor league affiliates because you knew fresno was out and uh 
really Fredericksburg and Harrisburg were the only um, sure things. So looking forward to trips to Wilmington, Delaware and Rochester, New York, as soon as we can get those going. Yeah. I think a lot of people are ready for some uh, baseball. Um, What national prospect nationals prospect are you most excited um, to make that step in the upcoming season? Yeah, I think I'm most excited to see Yasel Antuna, um, just the way people uh, have raved about how he's hitting and hitting for power. Um, he's about ready to enter the upper levels and the way after watching Juan Soto and Luis Garcia and uh, just seeing what Johnny DePulia and his um, scouts have signed from uh, an international standpoint. Um just wondering what Antuna's ceiling will be too, because he signed for a significant figure of $3.85 million um, about five years ago, 2016. So um, that'll be a a lot of fun to actually see if uh, he stays healthy the year, just what, um, what his ceiling is this season and beyond. Mm -hmm. What um, do you envision any of these prospects, you know, hitting the majors this year and who, like, who do you think would be a good candidate to do that? Yeah, he could be one. I mean, because I wouldn't have expected Luis Garcia to get more than 130 bats uh, in a 60-game season. So um, that's possible, even though he's a young guy. Uh, Matt Cronin is probably the guy I would uh, point to the most. Uh, former closer out of the University of Arkansas, um, big-time college program, and he's uh, pretty polished, uh, has an above-average uh, fastball and curveball, and uh, the Nationals certainly have a need for lefties out of the bullpen. I know they added uh, Clay to the 40-man, um, which uh, even took him by surprise uh, this offseason. Um, but I think certainly in a long season, Cronin will get the opportunity. How, I, I put him first on that list. How close do you watch what's going on with like the, the Nationals in the major leagues? Um and like, how much does that like really affect maybe your reporting or your scouting um, people to zone in on if you're seeing like the Nationals struggling in one particular area? Do you say, oh, I want to focus on, uh, you know, this particular spot, you know, kind of like that type of um, reporting? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I know when it comes to the draft, they um, are so far away. There's really no point in saying we need X position. Let's go draft them. Uh, so um, really probably just the double-A, triple-A uh, guys are when I started thinking, hey, there's a hole here. This guy could get a chance. And, um, you know, might not even be that first year. It's real interesting to watch guys like Andrew Stevenson, who, um, you know, we'll see whether what he did in September, uh, whether he can follow it up. But, you know, and maybe Carter Keyboom this year, maybe he performs the way they hoped he did, would this, this past year. So, um, yeah, I certainly keep up with the guys um, I've talked to in the minors and seen quite a bit of, and it's very interesting to see how different players develop at um, different rates. Um, you mentioned that like players um, get a lot of injuries. It seems like in the minors, is there like a reason why, like that you're like, or a pattern that you're seeing? Is it you know their bodies re- like adjusting from college to pro ball, like minor league ball, like what, like you know you know, give us maybe some of your observations with that. Yeah. If I, uh, if I knew the, the reason I'm sure I'd be uh, working in baseball uh, <laughs> for a club, uh, like reading a book, like the arm a couple of years ago, uh-huh. uh, so many people have um, 
invested even kind of their own uh, ideas and that they don't want to share on what they think um, are good limits, are good um, ways to uh, go about it with pitchers, especially. Um, yeah, I think the Nationals have done a tremendous job of, uh, especially with Tommy John uh, pitchers, and uh, that has really led uh, even some free agents to consider the Nationals and, uh, you know, they are patient with it and, um, and uh, you know, make sure they don't rush uh, guys back before it's time. And it has really uh, borne some fruit for them. Yeah, I mean, in all reports, um, you know, the patience with uh, Steven Strasburg and it, that relationship back in 2012 really seemed to pay dividends now, you know, year, years later, now that, you know, he signed probably for a nap for life, you know, playing with one one team. So I that's really interesting that you also mentioned that. Yeah, we'll never know what would have happened the shutdown year, but, uh, you know, his health was um, – certainly something special to watch 2019 uh, when him win the world series MVP and, and pitch the way he did. Yeah, it was definitely, did you watch a lot of uh, world series baseball or like, were you just like, I'm done with the season? I, I, oh no, no, I'm never done with baseball. So uh, I went to uh, two of the three home games. Um, my uh, wedding anniversary is October 26th. So I missed game four, uh-huh. um, but I went to games three and five Um very entertaining to see Joe Ross out there, give it a shot to um, uh, that's one of the things that stuck with me, the fans, how they backed him and um, just with Scherzer still available in game seven. Uh, yeah. And, and watched all of it. I mean, pretty much watched the world series every year, but um, I, I watched all the, the two home games and uh, the four road games all, uh, all uh, pretty much start to finish. That's awesome. Yeah, I was at the stadium for games three and five, and it was it was like totally electric. Um, kind of going back to prospects, um, you know, what do you think that Washington, the Nationals, are going to do with uh, their pick this year in the draft? Um, do you think they're going to be going back to adding uh, more pitching prospects, or you know, I know you mentioned it's kind of hard to see what other spots that you know that they might. Um, that, that they might go in, but, you know, are they going to go with some, you know, bolstering the infield or maybe getting like another outfielder prospect? So I just kind of want to like hear your thoughts on it, on uh, the draft. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's certainly going to be best available, uh, but I would put the odds on pitching uh, usually in their case. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year should certainly be an interesting draft after just five rounds last year, there's uh quite a bit of talent that didn't get drafted that wasn't willing to sign for the the uh, minimum they were offering this past year um, it'll be probably almost two years worth of uh, talent so I think um, they'll still even where they're drafting will um, be able to I mean they did it with Cavalli last year be able to find a big physical whether it's a hitter or a pitcher that um, they'll be excited about throwing into the organization. Do you think drafting a lot of pitchers like is a detriment or do you think that like, you know, diversifying your picks in different positions is the right way to go? Uh, you can never have too many <laughs> pitchers. So uh, I guess so. Uh, yeah. I mean, it sure seems that way. Um, yeah. I mean, you have to fill in different spots for sure. And, and there'll be times where, 
um, draft would be a little heavier on uh, middle infielders or, um, but I mean, it's good to get those good athletes um, who are capable of moving around uh, the diamond and playing various places too, as they, um, as they move on throughout their career. Um, and the nationals have done a good job kind of building um, pieces at different spots. Um, are there any uh, college picks that you're like looking um, look, like take, uh, zeroing in on for the nationals? Um, maybe like, maybe give us a picture and then maybe if that you have somebody that's not, I'm not a pitcher, like a, you know, middle in like infielder or an outfielder. Uh, I haven't looked that far ahead to be honest. Um, okay. I'd have to look at the baseball America top 100. Um, and then, uh, you know, the nationals of course will be, um, picking a little higher than usual this year. So that, that is a good question. Um, but I haven't uh, studied the list yet. We'll have to have you back on the podcast to when, when it gets a little bit closer to the draft or maybe a little bit after to talk about the nationals pick. How, how about that? Yeah, I'm kind of dreaming of there actually being. I know college baseball is supposed to start February 19th, um, and the high schools, of course, vary. So um, it'll be very fun to see, uh, you know, just that amateur talent and who who they could end up picking. Um, talking about talent, um, I recently interviewed uh, Cade Cavalli, um, and honestly, like it was. He was so good. I, I, I feel like I could have spoken to him for another three hours. Um, really good guy. I wanted to hear your thoughts of, about him as a player, um, as a, you know, a piece in the bolt, uh, you know, on the staff, but also in the clubhouse. Like, how do you think he kind of fits, you know, into the, to the Washington Nationals organization? Uh, yeah. Listen to that podcast, Richard. It was uh, very interesting hearing you uh, and Cade, discuss various matters. Uh, he um, was a big time pitcher at Oklahoma. I did get to see um, a couple of his games on TV this past year. I know they faced Virginia earlier in the year uh, and he just had a huge outing against uh, Texas. I think it was against Texas. It was at uh, Minute Maid Park. Um, just very impressive, uh, especially for such an early season outing. And there was so little the season before COVID-19 shut it down, but uh, he has a big fastball, throws four pitches, has pretty good control. Um, the scouts on the 20 to 80 give the fastball a 70. I think I had the curveball and slider based on the guys I talked to, both at a 60 and the change, which he's very comfortable with, um, considers it his best secondary pitch as a 65. So, um, just that combination is uh, what they're excited about. Uh, and he just kind of blew them away with how he looked in Fredericksburg. I heard the same from a scout from an American League team um, said, especially that curveball mm -hmm. um, is maybe even better than a 60. What stood out to you in terms of um, like his pitching approach or, you know, maybe like a, like, you know, something that he said during that interview, like what was like, Oh wow, that like that really is interesting. Or he just sounded, uh, you know, a little wise beyond his years. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, he knows he's um, just got to stay, you know, stay focused, stay professional. Um, that's one thing. Of course, he picked up uh, being around pros this year. Just a big difference. Um, I think that's probably what struck me the most. 
Interesting. Um, so I was also searching through the Nationals uh, top prospect list and one prospect that, you know, kind of stood out for me or I was like, oh, I want um, I want a little bit more information was outfielder Cody Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, what are your thoughts on him? You know, like, what is your what does your scouting report say? Yeah, he's a guy um, I'm curious about, too, because his speed and his defense are so top of the charts mm-hmm. um, that if, if he can hit at all, um, he could become a big leader. Um, but that's the question. And of course, that's probably the more important tool than all the others combined. Um, but there are those who think he has, he's the fastest guy in the system and uh, the best defensive outfielder. So not too many guys are, are good at that strong at two of the five tools. Do you see him like really progressing through the major uh, minors and possibly, you know, being in the national system in the major league system in a couple of years? Like, where do you, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who could take a little longer um, to develop the hitting. Um, but some guys, it can seem like it's not there. Uh, I think of Jackson Reitz, the catcher, uh, who had a big second half in 2019. Um, and they just keep plugging away, keep plugging away, listening to uh, Troy Gingrich and the other hitting coaches in the system. And then all of a sudden something clicks. So, um that that's really could happen for Cody Wilson um, and a number of these guys. And he's just outside um, the top 30 that I ranked uh, in the organization this year. We got to add uh, 10 more guys to look out for. And he was on that list. Hmm. What do you like, what does your experience uh, tell you that, you know, people who has more success uh, for, uh, for players, people that go through, the system really fast or is it, you know, you really see sustained progress or, you know, sustained um, timing in the majors, like for, for people that take a little bit longer to go through the minor league system. Yeah. I think your hall of fame guys are the guys like Harper or right. I mean, uh, Soto, um, King Griffey, A-Rod, they are not in the minors long. Um, there's not too many Edgar Martinez is who, uh, show up late and still make the hall of fame. You could tell I just watched the history of the Seattle Mariners uh, documentary <laughs> probably there. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I think sustained like climbing a level each year is really that kind of guy um, has the best chance, but there are plenty who need to go back and, and try a level a second time. And then um, just boom, they go right from there. Awesome. Great. So we've ent- I've entered to my favorite part of the podcast, something called Lightning Round. So I have uh, five baseball-related questions that I ask every guest, guest, and they're just you know the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, so are you ready? Much, uh, I guess so. Okay, good. Here we go. <laughs> I promise you, they're not really hard. Um, that's what I said. Everybody ends up saying that they're really hard, so don't worry. Um, favorite baseball movie. Uh, mine is Bull Durham. I um, got to live in Durham for four years. I uh, went to the last game at the DAP, the old ballpark. Saw Chipper Jones play shortstop there. Uh, tremendous park, and I love the movie too. Favorite baseball team? I grew up a Cleveland Indians fan. Um, you're talking to me on the day Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco got shipped out to the Mets. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know the Nationals haven't done a ton this offseason, but at least they're not uh, having to go Indian style every uh, 
four or five years or whatever Cleveland's going to be called next season. <laughs> um, favorite baseball stadium? Oof. Uh, I love so many of them. Um, but to me, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Baltimore probably because it was kind of the first of that um, whole reliance on the architecture. Those stand out the most. But um, I love various ones, minor league, college, major league. But, you know, just about all of them are fine with me. You're the first one that mentioned uh, Baltimore, so props to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sure they won't like that answer, but um, <laughs> it is a terrific ballpark. It is I, really uh, cool. Yeah, I usually try to see the Indians once a year up there, too, because I still it's nice being able to follow a team in each league. Um, I feel like I know both leagues pretty well, uh, partially because of that. Wrigley or Fenway? Uh, I've been to Fenway a lot more. Um that's and I would say Fenway. Um, just uh, well, it's probably not fair because Wrigley would probably have the same description. Just the whole atmosphere, the um, neighborhood around it. Um, I went to Fenway several times, but I haven't been back since they won the World Series. So it's probably a little different now. It was kind of that whole feel of like we're cursed. Uh, well, they have it had it at Wrigley too, um, but it feels a, a little appropriate in New England. I think just. Um, that whole feel and um, kind of a uh, summer night where it's um, full. And, uh, you know, the first time I was there was Roger Clemens against Tom Candiotti for the Blue Jays. So it was oh. very different uh, contrast in style. And just, I think above all, that's the one ballpark where it's that whole mythology about seeing the green as soon as you enter the stands is uh, where it really hits you. Um, her, uh, favorite current baseball player to watch? Another one. Uh, that could be Juan Soto. Um, but if you exclude the Nationals, um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> hmm. I don't know if there's just one. I usually, um, I enjoy watching starting pitchers and there's such a, um, unfortunately there are not so many of them that pitch deep into the games anymore. Um, but, uh, just, uh, well, I'm back on the nationals, but Scherzer and Strasburg, uh, also enjoy watching Kershaw and, uh, just the Dodgers and Padres, I think are going to be so much fun to watch, uh, the two of them play each other the next few years. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming in the clubhouse uh, uh, today. Um, where can people find you on social media and your work? Um, you know, the social channels. Oh, sure. Uh, my Twitter is just Lacey Lusk BA. So L-A-C-Y-L-U-S-K-B-A. Um, and uh, baseballamerica.com is where, uh, you can get all kinds of lists. I mean, obviously even I need to go look at the top 100, uh, college and high school guys coming up, uh, for this coming season. Um, and there's just so much coverage. JJ Cooper's doing such a tremendous job of covering, uh, the, re the reorganization of the 120 minor league teams. Um, just fascinating. Been fun to watch all off season. Yeah, so we'll definitely keep an eye on all your work and um, we'll tweet out any great uh, Nationals uh, prospects nuggets that you uh, uh, post on your Twitter channels and your articles. So thanks again, Lacey, for coming, uh, this coming on the podcast. The 
Thanks, you Richard. Like Great episode, talking to you. You too. Have, have a good sure day. To like, review, you too. and rate this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can follow us on all the major social media channels at The Nats Report.